Good evening once again. Thank you everybody for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. This is Value Nigeria one more time. Um, it's a pleasure bringing this podcast to you week on week. Uh, we've been trying to bring various guests who have various interests and various um, expertise in the field of investing to share their thoughts and knowledge, uh, hoping to benefit the retail investors as a reason of their sharing. And this week is no different. We have a guest as well with us this evening. Um, my guest is the chief economist, uh, particularly he's, this, he's a macroeconomic strategist at one of the leading investment banks or one of the investment investing firms in Nigeria. And um, he's very vast and very knowledgeable and I'm hoping to learn one or two things and far more than that even from from the interview this evening. Uh, my guest works with Cordos Capital and his name is Mr. Abdulaziz Kuranga. Um, good evening, sir. Thank you for joining us even on the podcast today. Um, do you just want to introduce yourself to the listeners just so that they know you, sir? <laughs> good evening, doctor. So it's a pleasure to be here with you this evening. So as you rightly mentioned, my name is Abdulaziz Kuranga and I'm the macroeconomic strategist at Codros Capital, an investment bank in Lagos State. Um, well, I've been in this industry since like 2018, just after my NYSC. So I started as a data analyst before transitioning to an, to an economist. And also I studied economics from the University of and I come from a family of six. Thank, thank oh, you very thank much for sharing that information, sir. Now, I, I always like asking all my guests on the show as to why finance, at what point did you decide that finance was the pathway for you and how has that journey been so far? So I think it was after my NYSC. So that was when I knew finance is my path because before then, I did not really know what I wanted to do other than probably being a lecturer. So, you know, right from school, you do tutorials and the likes. So I was just like, okay, after school, maybe I might want to consider lecturing also. So, however, after my NYC, I got a job at Ocean Nigeria as a data analyst, where I was in charge of managing uh, uh, managing the database of the company. And from there, I took particular interest in the data I was handling, which ranged from economy to financial data. And I began to study the patterns, you know, these are these are the things that I do on a daily basis. So I took interest in them. I was looking at the pattern. So from there, I noticed that whenever I am discussing events, probably company-specific events, industry-specific events, or macroeconomic events with a group of people, maybe my friends or industry uh, or industry friends, and I noticed that the way I put up my arguments is now making a lot of sense, probably because I already know uh, the trends and patterns from data, and they were always looking forward to my analysis, unlike uh, before NYC when I didn't know anything. So from there, I began to fall in love with financial research, and that was how the journey began. Thank you.
Now, I've had a few guests on the show and a good number of them have always said that for people who have a dream or who have the, the goal of working in finance, that starting as an investment research analyst is a good stepping stone or is a good foundation for them to build their career on. Um, I just want to know what your experience was because you started as a data analyst with ProShare and a research and investment analyst at um, PFI Capital. Um, have you found that foundation very helpful in your career so far? Well, more than helpful, really. And those that actually said uh, starting with investment in research uh, is a solid foundation, they are very spot on with that because with investment research, the kinds of data that you deal with, and apart from dealing with data, you need to keep yourself uh, abreast of whatever is going on in the economy, from global to domestic, to the industry analysis, to company analysis, so you'll be well grounded and that knowledge you can that knowledge can be used anywhere else uh, for you so for me you no know, pressure this with a lot of data and the companies like the bridge between companies and investors so i learned a lot about analyzing economic and financial data and that influenced uh, the the career path i'm currently on and from there i moved on to pfi where i took a step forward by now getting directly involved in communicating findings to investors as well as providing support to the fixed income team. So all those knowledge and me subscribing to different to different news outlets and also getting information directly from treasure uh, from treasurers in big banks in Nigeria. So they actually helped in improving my analytical thinking skills as well as my decision making and now I am focused on helping investors make informed decisions based on macroeconomic data, policies and trends. All right. It's a nice segue into the next question I was hoping to ask, um, which is the, the fact that your main focus at the minute is mainly macroeconomic signals, macroeconomic factors and how that affects investments. Um, in the investing world, there are various schools of thoughts. While some people feel that you should largely ignore the macro and focus more on the individual companies, focus more on the numbers rather than the general macroeconomic situation. Um, considering your focus on the macroeconomy, I believe you, are, you, are, you tend to believe or you tend to belong to the other school of thoughts, which is that the macroeconomic factors matter a whole lot in investment decisions okay. and investment outcomes. Yes. Um, can you just shed okay. a, a little more light on this, sir? Okay. So, okay. So, in investment analysis, there are basically two approaches, the top-bottom approach and the bottom-top approach. So, however, investment professionals generally use the top-bottom approach, which deals with first analyzing the global macroeconomy, uh, the global environment before looking at the drivers of the domestic environment. So from there, the investment professionals will then analyze the industry and then move on to analyze the company they want to invest their money into. So it is the global and domestic macroeconomic happenings that will inform some of the key drivers of a particular industry or a company. Now, I understand that you might just want to consider the company alone if you want to do a very long-term investment. That is, you might just look at what the company is producing, if it can stand the test of time, and if you like their vision. So if yes, 
you want to go into, you want to invest in it and go and sleep. But in reality, businesses want to know what they earn at the end of the financial period, same as individuals checking out the performed on an annual basis. So if you then decide to look at the company alone to invest, you might be making a terrible uh, decision for that year because there might be some government policies or macro issues that can affect that company for a year and make the share price to fall. So in that instance, you will lose a lot of money for that year and that will also affect your financial and investment performance either as a company or as an individual. So for instance, let's take an example of a company, let's say an agricultural company. So let's take an agricultural company in India. So let's say, for example, Como oil. So assuming there's a firehouse break in like 50% of its farmland, so it means that the volume it, uh, the company will be pushing out for that year will be significantly low, and that will affect its revenue and subsequently the bottom line. So this will then reflect in the share price, which investors will punish by selling it. So for that year, Okomo's share price might decline significantly. Or another example, let's say there is recession and domestic demand reduces significantly. It will definitely affect the company's share price. So if you do not analyze the macro environment in that light and you just bought into that company because you like it and it is producing something that can stand the test of time or it is in line with your vision. Your investment portfolio will underperform for that year as a company or as an individual, which will not be good. So that serves as an example of why it is important to analyze the macroeconomic environment in making investment decisions. So aside from that, some macro events can have a lasting impact on a company, on a company, irrespective of whether the company is producing something that can stand time or not. And when that happens, no matter how strong the fundamentals of that company are, the macro events will weigh down the company and the share price will not reflect the fair price that it should be reflecting. All right, all right. Now, looking at specific macroeconomic metrics, um, what are the macroeconomic metrics that you feel retail investors need to pay attention to and how do they influence investment outcome? Hmm. That's, that's a very good question. Thank you for that. So at the basis, I think retail investors should try as much as possible to understand GDP, inflation, exchange rates, monetary policy, and fiscal policy. So for inflation, it measures the changes in the price of goods and services over a given period of time. So higher inflation rates at a constant level of return means that your real returns for investments will moderate. And in some cases, such as what Nigeria is currently experiencing, real returns can be negative, meaning that your investment is not actually growing in real terms. So imagine your portfolio returning 10% per annum while inflation rate is 16%. So it means that in real terms, you are losing like 6% of your money. So therefore, you uh, your understanding of that inflation will enable you to strategize your with such that you will look for stocks or alternative investments that can provide you with the returns above inflation rates. So for GDP, it, it measures the monetary value of all goods and services produced in an economy over a given period of time. So retail investors' understanding of GDP will enable them to know the sectors likely to perform well than the others. And as such, they will be able to tilt their investment portfolios towards those sectors. So let me give an example. So when there was 
when there was COVID in 2020, the economy was expected to decline. So, however, not all sectors were expected to decline at that time, and chief among them is the ICT sector. So your understanding of this will make you invest, want to invest in shares of maybe MTN or other shares at that time. And if you do, you'll be earning a huge return from capital appreciation. MTN started 2020 with a share price of about 120 naira per share. And it ended the year at, with a share price of about 180 naira per share. That was 2020 during recession. So, and that indicates capital appreciation return of about 50% or 51%, excluding dividends. So for exchange rates, you are basically looking at the price of one currency relative to the other. And the major drivers of exchange rates include demand and supply conditions, changes in inflation rates, changes in interest rates and market expectations. So for inflation rates, higher domestic inflation rates relative to abroad inflation rates will mean that the currency will remain pressured. So let me give a better perspective to that. So if prices of domestic commodities are increasing significantly, it makes imports, it makes abroad products to be attractive because their prices will be lower than domestic, uh, than domestic produced commodities. So you now tend to be favoring importing more rather than buying the overpriced commodities in your local economy. So, and as you are importing more, you are demanding more for dollars. So as you are demanding more for dollars at a constant level of supply, it means um, the currency will be under pressure. So same for interest rates also. So higher, um, higher interest rates would induce foreign investors to bring in money to the uh, to the domestic economy and the supply of dollars increases, then it will be favorable to the domestic currency like that. So all those, your understanding of that um, exchange rates, they, also, they will also help you as a retail investor in making um, decisions. So for, for instance, uh, if you are expecting the Nera to depreciate, or remain pressured over a given period of time based on your analysis of the drivers. It, uh, it will make you to know the kind of strategy to adopt, some of which will, uh, include buying dollars to keep or considering dollar-denominated investments such as euro bond or global stocks. So, and lastly, for monetary policies, that deals with interest rate changes and money supply also. So, if based on your analysis, you expect the CBN to raise interest rates. It means investors will rotate their position from equities to fixed income. So that will tell you that share prices will fall, other things being equal. Based on that, you will now want to reduce your exposure to equities and move to fixed income and so on. And when the price of equities fall up to a certain level that you are comfortable with, then you can then decide to buy those stocks again at a cheaper price. So understanding of those basics would inform your strategy on how you should be uh, tilting your investment portfolio over time. Thank, thank you very much, sir. Now, specifically looking at the Nigerian macroeconomic um, environment, uh, there, there are a lot of changes that we anticipate might happen before the end of the year. Interest rates are rising globally. We feel at some point this might come to Nigeria. Um, inflation rates is sky high. 
the coming elections as well in 2023. Um, what trends do you see that may evolve in the rest of 2022 leading up to 2023 in the Nigerian macroeconomic space? And how can retail investors play these coming changes? Thank you for that question. So obviously, uh, election is the number one trend that is that will dominate and also filter into 2023. And given that it is a new government that is expected to be formed, there will be a lot of uncertainties regarding the outcome. So these uncertainties could lead to investors pulling their fund out of risky investments and some preferring to hold cash. Um, and this will particularly be true for foreign investors, and that could reduce dollar inflow to the country, thereby leading to another headache for the currency. So equities performance could also be hit in line with uncertainties amidst an expected slow performance of the economy. And apart from that, there are also passed through impacts of global events that are currently happening, and they are having passed through impacts on the domestic economy. So, for instance, one particular theme is the interest rate changes that you mentioned earlier on, of which the Bank of England, they've raised their key policy rates three times consecutively now. So, we from about 0.1%, so the rate has increased to 0.75% as of their last meeting in March. Same for the United States Federal Reserve. So they are currently having their meeting today. So at least probably by eight or nine, we should get the feedback from their meeting. And market expectation is that we should be expecting around uh, 50 bps increase in their key policy rates. So if we are looking at all those things, so it means and uh, it means that the character opportunity in Nigeria will be. Uh, will be low, given that our own uh, Nigeria's interest rate is not increasing. So the CBN seems to be comfortable at this level. And that could then mean that there will be outflow of dollar in the economy. So the inflows into the economy will now be majorly uh, influenced by the CBN. The CBN will now be the major supplier of dollars into the economy, of which we know that the CBN is limited by low crude oil production volume, which is capping the gains from oil prices, and, uh, and that is even despite expecting new bond issuances in the year. So that could mean that the exchange rates would remain pressured over time. So apart from that, there's this geopolitical tension arising from Russia-Ukraine conflicts and the associated sanctions. So based on that, we've seen the price of wheat increasing significantly. We've seen sun oil prices increasing significantly. Same for palm oil, they're increasing significantly. Russia, Ukraine contributes more than 30% of global wheat supply. So for sunflower oil, they contribute more than 75% to global supply. And uh, given the situation such that, given the situation of increased oil prices leading to people wanting to be using alternative sources of energy, including biodiesel. So it then led to the to another increase in crude oil, uh, in palm oil prices. So based on that, we've seen palm oil prices also reaching record highs. And Indonesia, which account for more than 50% of global palm oil supplies, already saying that they are not exporting 
to there are no more exports because they want to meet domestic demand. So all those pastoral impacts of higher prices from metal prices to natural gas prices, crude oil prices, uh, food prices and the likes, they continue to have a positive impact on the domestic economy. And that could mean that inflation rates will remain a concern for the year and also 2023, even as you consider the impact of CBN's accommodative stance and probably election spending also. And apart from that, another theme uh, would be increased subsidy payments and output loss from crude oil production, which are limiting inflows to the federal government post. And in line with that, the fiscal deficit continues to widen with an overall impact on the country's debt profile. So currently, debt as a percentage of GDP is around 25%, while debt service as a percentage of government revenue is greater than 90% as of November 2021. So continued increase borrowing to fund deficits could mean bond yields will increase, other things being equal. So therefore, to now navigate these trends, one would need to be strategic with investments in 2023. And from that, you can consider value stocks, which not only provide you with capital appreciation, but also give you dividends. So other options could be to invest in dollar-denominated investments, such as civil bonds. And also real estate could also be another option given that they are limited in supply, and that makes them attractive as a form of investments. So in all, investors should try as much as possible to do their due diligence and not fall for investments that promise ridiculous returns in this poor macroeconomic environment. Wow. Thank you very wow. much. That was that was an in-depth education indeed. Um, I, I just want to dig that a little bit further. You've mentioned you've mentioned three different strategies that we can pay attention to: uh, value stocks that pay dividend, euro bonds, and real estate, and all this going through 2022 into 2023. If I were to put you on the hotspot to give me a few of these value stocks that you feel we should pay attention to, what would be your take on that, sir? Okay, so I I'll this to give disclosure. <laughs> I understand. Before making make recommendations, so I think you want to look at some of these stocks that are currently under price. You might want to look at um, Zenith Bank, GT Bank. You see Dangote Sugar, Dangote Cement. Uh, you also you also want to look at MTN Nigeria. You also want to look at even this Okomo Oil and Presco. You might also want to look at those. Uh, Talks also, oh. and for euro bonds, it will depend on country-specific related issues. Because so for that country-specific related issues, so I think if I'm to look at Ghana, so Ghana prices the, the last time I checked, the they were trading at ridiculous discounts. So and that was because of the issues that related with fitch ratings downgrading the sovereign credit of the country. Same for same for Moody's. Only S&P retained credit rating. So apart from that, uh, investors also sold off all those euro bonds uh, as a result of them fearing that the governments might not be able to fund uh, 2022 budget given the overestimation of revenue estimates and 
based on the fear that the government might not pass the devil bid, which they've already passed and it is now in full force. So based on that, we, we saw significant sell-offs in Ghana, Euro bonds as at that uh, period. And now we're already seeing positive news, particularly from GDP. And also we're also expecting positive news from this uh, fiscal consolidation exercise with the government reducing expenditure by about 20% also cutting salaries by cutting government salaries by about 30% and also having an e-level B of 1.5% for every transactions, for every electronic transactions that are greater than 100 Ghanaian cities. So based on that, if you look at, if you then look at the prospects for the short term, we are now, uh, it is showing that this, there shouldn't be a problem at least in the short term. So if you look at the price and you are, really comfortable at that level. That's, that's a ridiculous cheap price at that level. And based on the analysis of what is going on and what we expect to happen going forward, if it is positive, then it means later on investors will come back to buy into those new bonds. And if you lock in at the, ridiculous, uh, the cheap rates, then definitely you'll be in money by the time investors start coming back into the bond. So it, that's just an example because even bonds, there are specific factors that affect, and that is based on individual countries apart from global events that happen. And that also is also an instance why macroeconomic analysis is important in investing. Thank you. Thank you very much, <laughs> Thank sir. You very much. <laughs> All right. Um, now, I, I know there's a retail investor somewhere listening to you speak and they admire how you effortlessly dish out all the, the, the numbers. It's obvious that you know what you're talking about and somebody wants to be like you somewhere. Um, I, I'm also aware that you have an academy um, called Gifted Analyst and you kind of have this academy where you, can, where you, are, where you intend to raise future investment analyst and uh, can you just tell us a little bit more about gifted analysts why you started it and how the journey has been so far okay thank you for that question so <laughs> you know at the beginning of the conversation i said initially i didn't know what i want to do so i was just saying that probably i want to be a lecturer also and that was because i love teaching right from school days so from all those periods, I used to get requests from people, friends, acquaintances like that, that they love, they would love to venture into the, they want to, they would love to go into the finance industry and what are the things that they need to do. So once I recommend things that they should do for them, so I also teach them the fundamental, uh, the fundamentals. So the macroeconomic, basic financial statements analysis. And to assess the output, I used to tell them to write reports. So they should just write anything. I would edit, I would make corrections and send to them like that. So from there, uh, we started getting interest from people that want to, uh, because at a point, I was not even having a uh, time for it against to add others that were interested. And we decided to join together to form the gifted analysts, of which now I'm beginning to take a back seat a bit. And those, my partners, they are the ones uh, running the show a lot of, uh, in most of the time. So this year, 
when we saw how it is happening, how these people are just coming to meet us that they want to learn and do that. So we just decided to say, okay, why not just create an academy where you just train everybody, tell participants to register future series, tell them write tests so that, you know, as an entry-level analyst, you must surely write tests. You go through test phases like that. So, and for us not to also waste our time, so we need to filter based on tests because if you cannot pass our own test, the basic test, how are we sure that you'll be able to pass entry-level tests? How are we sure that you will be committed to this training? So and we did tests out of more than 300 applications we were able to filter into about 60 participants. And from there, we started training. So we just gathered industry professionals and started training them macroeconomic analysis. So from there to financial modeling and evaluation. And even data analysis using Power BI and Excel. And that was how we got to the stage of having them to do presentations. So as a way of knowing if these guys are actually learning what they are being taught in class and they really did well for the presentation. The presentation was last week, Saturday and Sunday. And apart from that presentation, they were even writing reports. So, and the goal of all those things is to sell them out. So you can't just learn, you are learning to earn higher. So you learn to earn, that is the goal. So as you are learning, you need to push yourself out there. So, and what is the thing that will make you to push yourself out there? What will be your passport out there? Your passport is whatever you've done before, no matter how little. So you cannot just say, go and meet a recruiter that, uh, recruiter, I know how to do this, I know how to do that. The recruiter will ask you, what have you done before, based on all these things that you've done? And you'll be able to show them the presentations that you've done, you'll be able to show them the reports that you've written. And once the recruiter sees it, is your CV, then you are good to go. And that is the aim. Let these people know this and let them also get jobs through this training. Very stellar job Very you are doing, stellar. sir. Um, Thank you. I, I attended that presentation that you talked about last week and I, I saw the wow. first cohort of your of the academy um, talking about the, they did presentations on Dangote Cement, Boa Cement, Zenith Bank, Flour Mills, amongst other um, corporations. Um, it was really, really a lovely event. Um, well done, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For somebody listening to this that is now aware of this Gifted Analyst Academy, how can they enroll for the next cohort? And well, when will the next cohort be kicking off? Okay, thank you. So for the next cohort, the next cohort should be kicking off in August, and that will run for three months, August, September, and October. So they should just um, follow Gifted Analyst on LinkedIn and Twitter. So the name on LinkedIn and Twitter is just Gifted Analyst. So once you are able to follow updates, they usually post updates on, on the social media, LinkedIn and Twitter, and also they can also subscribe from the website www.giftedanalyst.com. So you just subscribe. So from there, you shouldn't, uh, you don't need to worry about um, the updates concerning the academy because we'll be sending news from time to time. So when to say, uh, when to submit CVs, you know when to register, you know, and when to write the exams, the entrance examination, um, you also know once you follow us on social media and also subscribe for our emails. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. It's been a productive um, half-hour chat that we've had so far, thereabouts. Um, just before we let you go, sir, any last words of advice for the retail investors listening to this, sir? Hmm. So for retail investors, when 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 the economy is performing poorly, that is when um, there is to be a rise uh, a rise in Ponzi schemes. That's when you see invest investments offering ridiculous returns, offering you five uh, five percent daily, offering you twenty percent daily offering that you'll be getting 50% monthly. So all those, they are impossible returns, particularly when the economy is not do, even doing good. So what kind of investment do you want to do that will be giving you such ridiculous returns when the economy is not, when the economy is not even favorable? So you should, retail investors should try as much as possible to flag all those off and even though uh, the aim of investing is to build your wealth, increase your income, you shouldn't be too greedy such that you now put a significant amount of your money in investments that investments in quotes that will be offering you ridiculous amount of money. So you do your due diligence. Uh, there's also a, the Securities and Exchange Commission of Nigeria. They have a dedicated website whereby you can search the name of fund managers. So once you see a name, uh, they say they will invest your money for you and they will be giving you 30% daily, offering you ridiculous amount of returns daily. Just go to SEC website, search under the search button for where to search for fund managers. So once you search and you are not able to see the name of such company, then, then that is a red flag. So because all fund managers in Nigeria, they are regulated. And if your name is not there, it means you are not regulated. And if it is not regulated, then there is a problem whenever that investment crashes. So and investors, retail investors should also try as much as possible to pay attention to the things that are happening around them. The macro event, it is easy to understand, unlike going deep into company analysis, financial analysis, industry analysis. Once you're able to have a good understanding of whatever is happening around you, then it should it, it will be able to shape your decisions, your investment decisions. Thank you very, very much. It's been a productive and very wonderful time indeed. We appreciate your, your generosity with your time. It's my pleasure to be here also. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir.